We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it! DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown. Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of Biz Overtime on Road of Biz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and as always I am joined by Sean Siegel, my co-host here on the podcast. Sean, we are through the NFL regular season. Last week, obviously, we had the fantasy playoffs, and there was a lot of action, a lot of kind of finales happening. So sometimes when you're involved in a lot of fantasy contests and in the fantasy industry it feels a little bit like the week prior to the final week of the regular season is actually the final week of the season but we did have uh, week 18 the longest season in nfl history at this point some very interesting results coming off that and that obviously leads to some very interesting playoff matchups coming up this coming week as wildcard weekend kicks off and we have kind of more action happening than normal with the extra team sneaking in there and then only one team on a bye so looking forward to this week as a Packers fan a little bit different obviously you have the bye week so it feels sometimes a little bit anticlimactic when it gets to that point but it's it's nice to have that bye week and to, to hopefully have the the team heal up we'll also be talking about the FFPC playoff challenges that are on over the next couple of weeks we'll be jumping in there and talking a little bit about that so i'm excited for today's show and um, hopefully hopefully everyone that's uh listening is going to enjoy this one how are you set up after the the regular season has finalized well as you mentioned it was great to have a little bit of a break last week and just enjoy the action and uh, there were some crazy games right it it's hard to believe we have an extra team in the playoffs obviously that started last season and yet the Chargers are not there. Think of how well Justin Herbert played this season if they had snuck out a few more of those close games. Someone who would have, I think, legitimately been in the MVP race. And then you look at that game to finish the season with the Raiders, there's all the discussion about how if that game ends in a tie, then both teams advance. And so you have the high drama at the very end there. You know, Will the Raiders allow it to end in a tie? But just to get to that point, this was a game where a resurgent Raiders team had built a 29 to 14 lead. And in order to get to the point where uh, sort of those last second drama could happen, uh, Herbert had to pull off one of the most amazing, not exactly comebacks, but the string of events in NFL history, right? I think they were talking on the broadcast that 
It was the first time in 30 years that a team had converted six fourth downs. Those weren't even all of the, the plays, right? I think there were eight game-ending plays that the Chargers successfully navigated the six fourth downs, many of which were fourth and long, the two-point conversion, and then the final play of the game, which obviously it's not necessarily a fourth down, but you don't get any more plays when that's the last one. And so they throw the touchdown pass to Mike Williams on that. The time that they don't go for it, column is when they set up to kick the tying field goal in overtime. I'm sure thinking that the defense maybe can make a play that if the game ends in a tie, obviously you're also going to go to the playoffs, but they couldn't stop Josh Jacobs when it matters. And so it'll be interesting to see how the Chargers players play their fantasy teams next year in light of that. Are they going to be 100% on Josh Jacobs because they believe that he is the big talent that is unstoppable, or is it so much heartache that they never want to hear Josh Jacobs' name again? That was a nice run. We don't know what would have happened, but obviously that's the uh, distance that they needed to make that a legitimate field goal, that big run there on the third down, uh, getting them in field goal range. Uh, There was some talk at the time about why did the Chargers take a field goal, but they had let – you know, the time run out to that point. The field goal there was just to set the defense. That was completely beside the point. So we have that game. And then we also have this huge comeback by a rampaging 49ers team where it looked like they were done. And then you, you can't stop Debo Samuel. So you just can't. I mean, he it's was possible. Yeah, just too good, right? One of the two or three best running backs in the NFL, one of the two or three best wide receivers in the NFL, Debo Samuel, really merging into myth at this point. He was that good. Unfortunately, my Arizona Cardinals couldn't take advantage of that. They would have gotten uh, the NFC West title and to host this game in the first round had they been able to come through. But the other person you can't stop is Rashad Penny. So they give up the uh, 190 rushing yards there, including the dagger. 60-yard touchdown late, and so the Cardinals now are in free fall in that game between a collapsing Cardinals squad and a collapsing Rams squad. One of the most intriguing, I think, of this first round. Colin, how do you see this stuff playing out? Give me some of your first-round picks here. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. You had on a great kind of recap off the week, and I, I think sometimes taking those kind of narratives into the playoffs can be can be interesting you didn't touch on the fact that the jaguars steamrolled the the colts to kick off the day to kind of set up all those scenarios for sunday night football um that was a you know a, a very I, I don't know you know I, I don't know if out of the blue result because we've talked a lot about carson wentz and his struggles this year but that was uh you know a, a very strange outcome overall we had the the titans almost slipping up to the texans in terms of the the fight for the number one seed there and we had danny amandola you know with the seven for 113 and two touchdowns and that kind of going back to his younger years in the nfl just a lot of interesting things happening you mentioned debo samuel i've touched on this a few times sean i don't know if there's ever been a wide receiver who's a better rusher than debo samuel in the history of the nfl just each time they they give him that handoff as he comes across the formation it's like he's going to the pylon and he's just nipping inside each and every time and it's usually from you know 20 to 25 yards away so just phenomenal stuff again by samuel had the passing touchdown as well so big day all around but you mentioned the the way things are going to play out and i uh, was doing up a little bit of a bracket before we started today because on today's show we're going to talk 
about the playoffs and how we kind of think things might play out and that's mainly for the strategic element of setting up for the playoff challenge uh, with the FFPC where we'll be setting a lineup in there and hopefully heading on to take down uh, we came second Sean in the basketball tournament hopefully we can go a step further here and, and take down the grand prize and the playoff challenge and the, the $200 bracket it is $500,000 and then the $35 tournament it is $100,000 up top it's a, a situation where you're no salary cap nothing like that you can only pick one player from each team and then with that player you proceed as far as they proceed in the tournament the the main caveat to that then is you have uh, double points for uh, the players that play in the Super Bowl so a lot of kind of game theory a lot of strategy will go into it but I think part of it is kind of having a forward look at where we think these matchups are going to end up and who's going to play off against each other so Sean in terms of my bracket you touched on the Rams versus the Cardinals and the Cardinals were surging at one point of the season kind of the turning point really seemed for them to be that loss to the the Green Bay Packers where they started off hot and then Hopkins uh, injured his hamstring in that one unfortunately he's had other injuries since where he's missed time but the team has really taken a step back and interestingly enough the big step forward they took was when they played the Dallas Cowboys uh, two weeks back where they got that win so I do think that the Rams uh, will see them off here um, in, in this first round of the playoffs I think it's going to be um, a challenge but I, I do think that they've they're slipping up just a little bit too much and they're very very hard to trust at this point uh, you know we mentioned that all the players who had big games this past week James Conner with another big day um for for the Cardinals but I think all things considered I think the, the Rams overall are a better offense and a better defense and I think they'll have enough to just eke them out there so do you think that the the, the Cardinals can upset the Rams here or, or how do you think it plays out the, the Rams also seem to have their number a little bit well the Cardinals won the first matchup fairly easily at LA so they're comfortable playing there they know they can win there and they've just been so ridiculously up and down right they haven't played nearly as well over the second half of the season and they don't have DeAndre Hopkins those two things give you a lot of pause in terms of picking the Cardinals at the same time they defeated the Dallas Cowboys just a week ago and we see on you know sort of bookending that result the Cowboys ran wild over a couple of teams and so when you look at the context of what they've done here, they have played a fairly challenging schedule. This last game against the Seahawks, we know that Seattle finally was getting it going a little bit. Seattle also up and down to an extent, but they do have Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Rashad Penny. And once Penny really added that big play element in the running game and gave them a little bit of balance there, their receivers were able to make a little bit more of an impact as well. And so that's a, a bad loss when you're going for the NFC West title, but certainly not an inexplicable loss, like, like you mentioned, with the Indianapolis Colts. And so I think this one is pretty close to a toss that the Rams are playing so poorly and have blown so many games in the second half of the season as well that I think you might be willing to go with Kyler Murray here. Obviously, we expect, unless there's an upset in one of the other two games, we expect the team that gets through here to get more or less blown out by the Green Bay Packers, you know, with the caveat that obviously anything can happen in these NFL games. And the Packers have blown some games at home over the course of the recent history in the playoffs, a little bit like the Kansas City Chiefs there for so many years under Marty Schottenheimer and Nick Vermeil. 
I wouldn't say that I think that is going to happen. Now, in terms of what the matchups will be, probably move to San Francisco, Dallas. I think you've really got to like the 49ers in that game. The Cowboys have all of these sort of sexy blowout victories. And yet, again, that type of inconsistency and the fact that they have not been able to make C.D. Lamb a star in this offense, I think worries me a little bit when you go in and play an actual good team like the 49ers, who, you know, probably the hottest team in the NFL right now. Obviously, we've seen a resurgence from the Titans. They had that initial dip when all of their guys were hurt as they start to get players back. They look very, very good. But the 49ers, not necessarily the best team in the NFL. That's obviously still the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs. But they're really ascending at this point. Yeah, and I I thought it was very interesting there when you were setting that up and you were talking about, you know, how you thought that the Cardinals – uh, and the Rams would end up facing off against the Packers. I was pretty sure at that point, and this was one of the pivot points where I was trying to decide, will Sean be feeling the same way about it? And I, I have actually gone with a pick for the, the 49ers to beat the Cowboys, and really for the same reasons that you've mentioned. I think just all around in terms of how the season has played out for the Cowboys, I think there's a lot of, uh, kind of, you mentioned like they are, obviously a team that gets a lot of media coverage they have some very high profile names a lot of players we like as well but you know how the season has played out and how things look i think is a little bit uh of a narrative like you know it's hard to forget the game against like the broncos where they get you know pretty much blown out and then they obviously they lost to the cardinals two weeks ago like there's a couple of teams that are in this that are very very much up and down they did beat washington a couple of weeks ago they did beat the giants um you know there's there's some wins in there based a little bit like the packers where i don't feel this way at all about the packers but when you're playing the giants twice and you're playing washington twice and then you're playing them with really uh difficult quarterback situations for those teams and for those offenses i think they've kind of flown under the radar here and picked up wins against bad teams and i think that that's probably not going to be the main focus for a lot of the the media coverage that goes around the cowboys this week so i'm pretty confident in the 49ers heading into this one you know they've got george kittle back they have debo samuel who we've raved about all season long and they have rant nayuk who looks to be getting back pretty close to what we were hoping he was going to be in the run game is is back again as well for them so i'm pretty confident in the the 49ers here are you confident and then obviously that changes up the seeding of where we think some of these matches will play because the packers would face off against the lowest seeded team in the nfc so my my bracket has the 49ers facing off against the the cowboy or against the packers sorry uh is, is that where you're leaning it is this is a game where in the early going the cowboys are approximately three point favorites i think it's more of a toss-up i like the 49ers guys to come through in the big moments better here. You mentioned schedule, and we do have some instances within the playoffs where these teams have played very different types of schedule. You look at the Chargers, for example, we mentioned the Open and how they're going to miss the playoffs. Well, you know, one of the strangest things I think that's happened so far this week with the coaches being fiery is Vic Fangio being let go by the Broncos. I mean, this is a team that went 7-10 and 10, despite having the Chiefs, Chargers, and Raiders in their division and despite having one of the best teams in football. The issue there is very clearly just that they don't have the quarterback, right? And that's on the front office. I mean, the, the decision makers in Denver should have been the ones fired, not the head coach there. And 
we have another season where down the stretch, just very definitively the reclamation projects at quarterback busted. And yet, you know, we're, we're seeing some strange instances here of who has to take accountability for that. You look at the Carolina Panthers, they just fired a bunch of assistants and I'm sure they're thinking to themselves, you know, we weren't the ones <laughs> who decided <laughs> on Sam Darnold. It's like, how is the front office and the head coach not taking the responsibility for what happened here? You look at what happened in, Indianapolis with the Colts and it's like, yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor can only take you so far. You're not going to win with Carson Wentz. That was not the way to try and put your franchise back together. You know, so you have Bridgewater, Wentz, Darnold, those guys all epic busts this season and taking down what were otherwise probably pretty good teams. But, you know, the situation there with the Broncos, if they had played in a less competitive division, maybe you're in the playoffs despite that and their head coach still has his job. And so you mentioned Dallas there and the Giants in Washington, but then also, you know, this high-profile game to kind of finish the season, they're playing against the second-string players for the Eagles. Now, we look at that Eagles-Bucks game, and Tampa has obviously lost Antonio Brown. They've lost Chris Godwin. The passing offense is not going to be as dynamic without those guys because both players, when healthy, were playing extremely well but we have seen some of the role players step up a little bit here. Again, it's a little bit tricky to give too much weight to that last game with the Panthers because we know that at some point they're going to melt down. They just aren't particularly good. But Tom Brady looked fantastic here in the second half. You have Mike Evans. You have Rob Gronkowski. Those guys, I think, will be heavily rostered in the FFPC playoff contest. I would expect them to get through. And then based on what we're looking at, we have them against the Rams. I, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Cardinals in the first round. And then I'm going to pick the Cardinals again to get through Tampa. And so we're going to have Green Bay, San Francisco facing the Cardinals in the NFC Championship game for me. I will go ahead and not pick against your Packers. I don't want uh, you to <laughs> feel feel sad there. Obviously, it's not going to make a difference what I pick. You did pick, and then you we're did pick the Buccaneers last year in the, uh, in the conference finals. So that that didn't go against me so hopefully we we can stay on the same page so Colin, i have packers cardinals who do you have here in the nfc championship game yeah so um a lot of things that you mentioned there i do have i I think it's just very hard to look past the buccaneers i do feel that their team is almost a skeleton of what it was you know six weeks ago when they had chris godwin and Antonio Brown, and then obviously we'll see the status of Leonard Fournette. So I still think they'll have enough to get past the Eagles. And I mentioned the Cowboys and their schedule. Obviously, the Eagles playing very, very similar schedules, and um, they did also face off against the Lions this year, who almost had the number one overall seed, but then beat beat the Packers. And they also faced off against the Jets. So pretty soft schedule, and any team that they really come up against of strength, they they really struggle against. So I think the Buccaneers win that. I'm going to go for the Rams to uh, beat the Cardinals. So that's the one area where we are differentiating at the moment. And I think it's going to be a situation where it's the the Rams versus the Packers in the NFC Championship game. So we're, we're pretty aligned. And um, at that point, um, we may as well go ahead and, and give who we think is going to win there. But I'm, I can say that I'm trying to be non-biased, but I, I do think that the Packers are a better team than the Rams. They have beat them this year so far and they'll also have 
uh, one game less played here over recent weeks. So I'm going to go for the Packers then to advance the Super Bowl from the NFC. Before we do get to the break, Sean, I'm just going to ask you, are you going to root against me in the NFC or are we are we all go for the, the Packers to the Super Bowl? Well, if the Cardinals can manage to get there, I will root against you, but I'm going to pick the Packers. They uh, they definitively look like the best team in the NFC. We do have a couple of other decent quarterbacks in terms of Tom Brady and Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford, but the combination of Rodgers with Devontae Adams, the way he's been able to incorporate in some of his secondary targets, the dual threat in the running game, the solid defense. Now, this team is is very easily the cream of the crop in the NFC. It would be great for them to get through. Aaron Rodgers has, in some ways, embraced a little bit more of the role of the villain this year, kind of putting him in that uh, semi-Tom Brady category. I don't think that Brady has necessarily ever embraced the role of the villain, but when you play that many years for the Patriots, but then you also leave the Patriots, you're going to have upset uh, probably some of your strongest supporters there as well. And so... We have a little bit more of the NFC as kind of the evil empire side, but from a narrative perspective and from a, you know, as you listen to the run up to the Super Bowl, and we need Aaron Rodgers in, in this game, right? He's been too good. And for him to not have another game with the Packers where he is in the Super Bowl playing for everything, that just would be very, very unfortunate. I think that I mean, obviously you want whoever wins these games, whoever deserves to win. I mean, if, if Kyler Murray begins to kind of spin his own tail as the next superstar and have this hybrid ability, this dual threat excitement that he brings, right? And the tactical advantages of having that dual threat. If he's able to carry a Cardinals team that now doesn't look particularly talented into the Super Bowl, that's also a great story. You have the young star and maybe that's what, the NFL needs at least as much, but this would appear to be Aaron Rodgers' time. And to have Rodgers against whichever heavyweight comes out of the AFC, I think that really would make for a Super Bowl that would be memorable for a long time. Hey, everybody. This is Dave Cabin from the RotoViz flagship podcast. Just stopping by to say thank you for listening to RotoViz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. So let's talk about the good guys now, as you put it over on the AFC side, Sean, uh, where where it's all bright and all the friendly quarterbacks are, are playing <laughs> over on that side. Um, we do have some interesting games that obviously you mentioned earlier, the drama that was around the Las Vegas versus um, LA game in terms of the Chargers. A crazy, crazy finish there. But we have them facing off against Cincinnati, who did rest pretty much the, the majority of their starters this past week. So they're pretty fresh heading into it. And the winner of that then will head on, well, the likely winner of that, depending on how we pick the other games, would, would go on to face the, the Titans, who have the number one seed and the bye. So when we look through that contest, then we also have the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. Then we have the Pittsburgh Steelers and KC. So I think the way to start this off is maybe to start with the Chiefs and uh, I said the Chiefs and KC, Pittsburgh and KC, uh, and in that situation, I, I think it's impossible to look past the Chiefs, even though they have had their flaws in some of the recent contests. The Pittsburgh Steelers are not getting past KC in this one. What, what's your thoughts? And obviously, being a Chiefs fan, that's your hope. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you look at this, and one of the reasons you desperately want that buy is to get a couple of the people a little bit healthier. We also have just this history of losing the home playoff games in Kansas City. Now, all of that changed with Patrick Mahomes. You have AFC Championship game and then back-to-back Super Bowls. So that probably is no longer something to worry about the same way. You worry about it more as a fan than you would as an analyst. Obviously, the Chiefs blew out the Steelers just a couple of weeks ago. Pittsburgh now kind of riding high on the feel-good story of Ben Roethlisberger's last run, and they do have some weapons around him. Najee Harris finally starting to break some bigger plays. He's got that dual-threat ability. You have Deontay Johnson. You have Claypool. You've got this potential for attacking him. Pat uh, Fryermuth is starting to emerge. I mean, he's going to be someone that listeners should have on every single one of their fantasy teams next season so there are some possibilities there we know their defense rose up and really shut down the ravens last week i think this game could end up being a lot closer than maybe the most superficial look at it would give you but yeah i mean kansas city is is playing too well here and playing too well in all phases they have this game again against this denver broncos squad that actually is pretty good. The Denver Broncos squad that annihilated the Dallas Cowboys and they were struggling a little bit and then they get the forced fumble and the scoop and score from long distance to kind of wrap that one up. So they have a lot of different ways to win. That's what you need in the playoffs. You need as many different pathways to get the job done as possible. So I think we picked the Chiefs there. The really, uh, I mean, the most narrative heavy game in this group is obviously going to come out of the Patriots, the Bills, the Bills, win the AFC East they now have Josh Allen so they have replaced the Patriots in terms of having the star quarterback in that division they've got Stephon Diggs they have Devin Singletary finally emerging and giving them a little bit of a run threat to balance the offense we know that even though they have lost a key player or two on defense they still have statistically one of the best defenses and it's a defense that shuts down uh, the passing game now the Patriots are going to rely on this offensive line. They're going to rely on Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. That's what they did in their victory where they passed the ball only three times. Unless we have crazy weather like that, I think this Bills team is ready. If I look at the best teams in the NFL, I know that the Bills had this midseason swoon, but I'm really looking at the Packers, the Chiefs, and the Bills. 
Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat there. And I, look, I think the the Patriots have had a, a really solid season this year. My my brother's actually a Patriots fan. You know, the expectation heading into the season wasn't to be you know pushing to almost clinch the division against the the Bills and the, and the AFC. So I I think that they do have a shot here. They are live. You know, we talked about the 49ers versus Dallas. Uh, much more confident in the 49ers but I, I do think that th- this and also the Cincinnati game they'll touch in a minute in a minute they these feel like in the KC game whereas I don't think Pittsburgh have a, a real shot at winning it these could be three absolute blowouts on the AFC side of things if the Chiefs the Bills or the Bengals get out to a lead and the other teams are forced to have to pass to come back into it I think they they will really struggle. So if the Patriots keep it close, there's a shot there. But I, I think the the Bills here are too strong, and I think they're going to to push on in advance. And that that leaves us then, Sean, with the Cincinnati and Las Vegas game. And obviously, Vegas riding high off how that game finished uh, this this past weekend. But the Bengals also having that week of rest. We we have seen for years and years anytime the Bengals have made the playoffs that they've slumped then pretty pretty. Uh, quickly in those situations when Andy Dalton would have been at the helm we have the Joe Burrow era now we have Jamar Chase we have T Higgins a very very exciting team I, I think the Bengals take care of business here you, a bit like you mentioned with the Chiefs and the history of losing playoff games at Arrowhead you kind of have that little bit in your mind that the Bengals could uh, bangle this one up I guess we'll say but I have too much faith what what they've shown over the last month and they did show it flashes kind of in the second quarter of the season then they kind of dropped off and then they finished off strong i think the the Bengals take care of business and you've touched on it a number of times with the raiders a massive win for them but they just the the weapons that they have at the moment and and even with darren waller being banged up it's a lot for Derek Carr to overcome in this offense it is and yet at the same time you look at how they're playing recently a couple weeks ago they looked like they were absolutely done right? They don't have Waller. They don't have, I mean, Brian Edwards isn't doing anything for them. Obviously we know about the unfortunate things that happened earlier in the season. And uh, this team looks like a team that's kind of just going to have to play out the string and wait for next year and get some reinforcements. And then Derek Carr, who has had this prolific passing season, not with as many touchdowns as yards, but carrying the team in the passing game and then being forced to rely a little bit more on Josh Jacobs down the stretch you see what he did against the chargers and it's very clear that they could win this game, right? He now is, I mean, he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And so uh, he was one of the guys that we really liked in Superflex. If you were doing startups, if you were doing trades to try and create some depth, maybe a QB three for you, uh, definitely someone you could pick as your second quarterback, someone who has uh, actually a, a pretty sizable window still to go here as an NFL player and someone who is a big kind of gap up from the Baker Mayfields and Carson Wentz types of players. The way that he's playing right now, I think that this should be a game. I, one of the things that I have a little bit of difficulty with, and to an extent it's easier now when you're not having so many of your teams riding on it, when you're not starting Joe Burrow for, for half your lineups, when you don't have either Jamar Chase or T Higgins in every lineup and trying to decide every week whether or not you're going to play Tyler Boyd, whom you have in every single dynasty team. It, trying to go through those decisions with the Bengals this year has created enthusiasm, but also skepticism, right? Because they've had these massive games. They've also had some disappointing games. As hot as Joe Burrow has been, and with what we've seen in weeks 16 and 17 with T. Higgins and 
Jamar Chase. And then there's the thing I mentioned at the end of our last dealing bananas episode that Tyler Boyd actually averaged 17 points in the fantasy playoffs. Now this trio of wide receivers is getting out there and getting it done. They're attacking deep. They've got the underneath players. You have Joe Mixon who can, you know, he's not a star. He's not someone who's going to carry you. But if the defense is having to focus on those guys, he can uh, take advantage of that and is not a negative for you. Some of the teams, you know, really have such a weak running game that it's going to cause them problems. The Kansas City Chiefs, for example, you know, every time that they run the ball, they're really hurting their team. Not so much the case here with the Bengals. And so I do expect them to get through. And then the question column is, can they take out this Tennessee Titans team that has been so good defensively, has had Ryan Tannehill play so consistently, even going through the stretch where they didn't have A.J. Brown, they didn't have Julio Jones. Those guys are now back. They didn't make a huge impact against the Texans. They score some touchdowns, but were not high-volume receivers. Now, part of that, probably that the Titans didn't expect that flurry from the Texans that kind of got them back in the game very quickly there. But I guess I'm going to go with the Bengals again in the second round. They just have more firepower. They have a higher upside QB. They're going to have less pressure on them. And in another two weeks from now, we could see Derrick Henry as someone who could have an impact on the game also. But the Bengals simply have more ways to win. Yeah, I, I find this one very tough. And even as we discussed it, I'm almost leaning back and forth. I had the Bengals down originally, but the Titans are a, a very, very feels like a complete team and the way they've been able to win even without Derrick Henry has been very very impressive now they've AJ Brown back who should be getting healthier and healthier so it's a it's a real tough one to call um I, I could easily see the Titans win in this one but I do feel that the the Bengals will just edge past the the Titans in this and that would mean we would have the Bengals in the AFC championship game which we were very much in on the Bengals, Sean, at the start of the season from a fantasy football perspective, but I don't think we were talking all the way to the AFC Championship for, for real-life perspectives, but um, that is where we have put them in terms of where we are at the moment, and that would leave us with the Bills and the, the Chiefs facing off in, in that contest. So what's your thoughts on on how that will, will work out? Well, one of the things we get to at this point is that the Chiefs during the season played this brutal schedule. They did come out on a tie. You think about their schedule compared to the Titans, who got two games against the Texans, two games against the Colts, two games against the Jaguars. And you're thinking, well, the Chiefs are you know, pretty clearly the better team. At the same time, the Chiefs lost head-to-head to the Bills, lost head-to-head to the Bengals, lost head-to-head badly to the Titans, the one game where they really got torched. And so well, plenty of evidence kind of in the opposite direction that when they have met up against these great teams this year, they haven't been able to put all phases together. Now, I think they're a different team than they were at the point where they lost to the Bills and the Titans. Obviously, they lost to the Bengals in that huge game just the week before that dictated it that they would have the two seed here. I still think that they're going to come through. This Chiefs-Bills game, to me, is the biggest game of the season. I was surprised. I thought that the AFC Championship game last year was pretty clearly the Super Bowl. And then you have the Chiefs not only losing, but getting humiliated in this in the final game. And so that part of it, a reminder that, you know, these NFL games can go a lot of different directions. But I think that these AFC games down this final stretch here are just going to all be very, very entertaining with the weapons and the quarterback play. I think that the Chiefs eke this one out. They're going to have Arrowhead in Andy Reid's tenure. That hasn't been as big of a deal, but mostly because they're just so dominant on the road as well. But I like the little advantage that that gives them. 
They have some unfinished business, obviously, for the Bills. They do as well. They lost that AFC Championship game last year. They're not going to want to do it this year. Can they contain Josh Allen when he scrambles? Is Stephon Diggs going to come through and make the plays? I think this playoff run for Buffalo is going to be interesting because if they want to get done what their objective is, if they're going to win the Super Bowl, Stephon Diggs has to reemerge as a star. I think that he will do that, but the Chiefs win this one in a shootout. Obviously, I'm picking a little bit with my heart there as well, even though with the home game, you would expect them to be favored. Colin, who do you like in that one? Yeah, I felt that it might come down to that part where you would lean towards the Chiefs. And obviously now I'm going to feel bad when I lean towards the the Bills with how it might play out. So we're going to probably have to discuss this more off air as to when we're doing our strategy ahead of tomorrow's show for our team. But I do think the Bills are very, very complete as a team. I think the element of the Russian game that started to emerge was Singletary and like Josh Allen as a Russian quarterback. I, I know we do talk about it, but it's not talked about at the same level of a Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. And maybe he's not quite at that level, but we've seen him when those opportunities arise that he can really do it. And I think, you know, Gabriel Davis has started to emerge as a, a red zone threat. And then we have Cole Beasley and Diggs, who you mentioned, and, and Dawson Knox mixed in there as well. So I think there's a lot that the Bills team at this point of the season can do that is kind of, a little bit of the, the kryptonite of the, the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, if if it was this past weekend and we swap out the, the Broncos for 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 the uh, Bills, I think that the, the Bills go ahead and win that game. So I'm going to edge towards towards the Bills. So that would leave, at the moment, you would have a KC versus Cincy uh, AFC Championship and I would have a Buffalo Cincy AFC Championship. The interesting part now, Sean Tasky, is I have Buffalo advancing to the uh, to the Super Bowl. Are you on the Chiefs side of that? I am. I think the Bengals are still one year away. I think we head into 2022 with Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Kansas City as the three best teams in the NFL and this huge battle over the next decade between Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes to see who emerges as the next dynasty. If anybody does, I could see this being split to where each of those teams has two or three Super Bowl appearances over the next 10 years. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Clearly if Mac Jones can take the next step, the Patriots could be in there for a game or two. You have to like what the Titans have done, but I think those three teams are going to be the three heavyweights. I think that Cincinnati really joins that group next season. And so then we have either Bills, Packers, or Chiefs, Packers in the Super Bowl. Uh, Colin, I don't want to jinx the Chiefs. So I'm going to go ahead and pick your Packers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams have been the best QB wide receiver tandem in the NFL. You know, in recent memory, they have been the best team in the NFL this season. They match up very well with the Kansas City Chiefs being able to limit that potent offense and yet score themselves. Uh, neither team is likely to commit many turnovers in the Super Bowl, and yet the Chiefs have been the team that weirdly has uh, given the ball up a lot this year. If they get down, you know, we don't know what will happen one of those fluky Mahomes turnovers uh, he's been so good over the beginning of his career that I can see a stretch now where it kind of flips the other way and the Chiefs don't commit a turnover for you know, the next full season or something like that but 
I'm going to go ahead and go with the Green Bay Packers as your 2021 Super Bowl champions. Colin, I think that's still the way to refer to it, even though we have clicked over into the new year. Uh, you've got to go with the confident Packers pick as well, I would think. Yeah, I'm pretty confident at the moment. I've, I was on with Pat Fitzmaurice a, co- or a couple of weeks ago on the Fitz on Fantasy podcast, and he's a Packers fan. I'm a Packers fan, and I was saying that I DM him usually each week, and we would talk about the game. But about six weeks ago or eight weeks ago, it got to the stage that if they didn't get the number one overall pick, it would be disappointing. And then when they got into a position where it looked like that they were in the driving seat for that, it was you know Super Bowl or bust here. So it does feel like, and you touched on Rodgers and his career, it feels like, they need to get there this time they've got to the afc championship or the nfc championship sorry the last two years and fell for different reasons at that final hurdle so i'm hopeful that they'll they'll get there i've put some money down on it as well so that would be a positive outcome if, if that works out but yeah i have a feeling it's going to be um the bills and the packers but yeah casey are, are really in that mix i think when we get through this wild card weekend and obviously it's a wild card weekend because some of these teams may you know progress that or in those lower seeds but i i do think that when we get into uh, the divisional round next week i think where those games are all just going to be going to be awesome so really looking forward to the playoffs and hopefully sean you're right when it comes to the end of it uh sean we did talk last week about the um uh, some of the videos going up on youtube for the podcast that we're putting out over the next couple of months here on the rotoviz radio channel Rotoviz Overtime is going to continue to, to maneuver at the, the pace we have been. We're going to have lots of content coming your way throughout the NFL offseason. That'll be from the NFL draft through the like Super Bowl, through the draft, through free agency, through everything that's going on all the way through to draft season next year for your fantasy football team. So don't miss out on anything. But we did say last week, Sean, if people got us up to 300 subscribers on the YouTube channel, that would mean that we would start posting some of these videos on a weekly basis. So we did hit... 300 last week so thanks to everyone who did hit that subscribe button on the road of his youtube channel sean set a task of 1000 subscribers that we would i believe sean you said we'd give away a, a one-year subscription at that point was that where we landed i did and if we do it early enough to where it's still relevant we'll give away a rookie guide as well so jump on there we're going to have a lot more fun stuff we'll have quite a bit of variety too in terms of the types of shows that are on the channel yeah and what i'll do to make it easy if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't subscribed to the channel um i'll leave a link in the podcast description and then you'll be able to click on that take you straight over hit the subscribe button uh funny story for that sean mentioned last week you could go and you could see my beard if you had it on over there at the weekend the last couple of times i guess it's the the pandemic i've, I've cut my own hair the last few times um it's usually a, a very short um shave all over my head same hair length but I was tidying up my beard um, earlier this week. And when it got to Saturday, I thought, yeah, I'm going to run out and do this quickly. Uh, I was looking after my three and a half year old daughter. And um, I didn't check if there was a you know a protective cover on or not to determine the length that the hair would come out. So yeah, it's as, it's as short as I could get it basically with a razor blade, I think at this point. So I think it's, it's come out pretty good at the time i was like this is a big big mistake but uh my head has been cold for the last few days so if you want to head on over and see what that turned out like that's another reason to check out the youtube channel but we will be back tomorrow with another show we will be previewing the playoff challenge giving you some insights into what players we may select based on who we talked about today that we think 
is going to make it all the way to the Super Bowl and, and how that team will end up. As always, as a Rotovis subscriber, you can head on over and get yourself a 10% discount off a Rotovis NFL pass. Use the code RVRADIO2022 to get yourself a 10% discount off a Rotovis NFL pass. I believe the code now is fully set up as Rotovis Radio 2022, but it used to be 2021. So that's another option. But if you're having any issues, reach out to me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland or send me an email at overtimeireland at gmail.com. We'll get that all set up for you. Once again, that is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. Thank you to everyone who listened in today. We really enjoy having you here for these podcasts. Myself, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. You can check out all of Sean's work up on rotaviz.com. And until we're back with another show, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.